I took part in a training session a number of years ago where the presenter's up on stage and he says, you know, there are people that come into a room and immediately they light up the room and they energize and they get everyone in the flow with them. And we also know that a person will come in the room and they will suck the oxygen and energy right out. He paused and then he said, and I've been both of those people. And I love that story because if I think about leaders, all of us can think of times when we were at our best at our most productive in the flow, in the zone state. And things were happening, those are good times. But it's as natural and normal to have those times when you get a little wobble in your step. Maybe it's doubt, maybe it's stress, pressure, other situations. So today's conversation that Joyce and I are having is like, how do you as a leader and how do you as HROD look across the organization and and help those that perhaps are in that wobble uh, in a way that there's no judgment? So come on in. Let's grab a snack. Welcome. (laughs) What a way to start laughing. Come on in. (laughs) Grab a snack. Grab a healthy snack. Feed yourself some seaweed. (laughs) Oh, God. Strawberries. Strawberries. (laughs) Strawberries. Berries. Berries are the best. Um, (laughs) I'm laughing because uh, Bob developed a theme for the day, and we fell into it beforehand in that Bob and I are uh, thinking of reformatting this work that we're doing talking with you and that that's just a very common practice for renewal and life cycle of an idea and with that i'll turn it over to bob to talk about when leadership gets droopy (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i i so yeah i i find this topic fascinating uh and i i've experienced both as a leader and observed it in other leaders where someone is very effective, they're on their game, they're in the flow. Uh, and and at some point, uh, either the circumstance change or they change, or they've been in a role uh, a period of time where they kind of lose their edge. Um, and I experienced that uh, as a district manager in supermarkets where I was, I was a DM for like seven years and loved it. And then all of a sudden, I thought, if I have to do this one more year, I'm going to shoot myself. Because mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was losing my edge. Uh, and I felt that it was time to have someone come in with fresh eyes. Uh, and I think the reason it's a good topic, I, I think, one, it happens to all of us, the best of us. Uh, and two, we all have experienced leaders that just hung on too long. Uh, and went from being a powerful force to a drag on the organization. So mm. I don't know where OD plays in this space and HR plays, uh, but I think it's a real phenomena that's worth talking about today. Mm. Y- yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I'm thinking of a particular time in a particular company when um, – I could almost feel the boredom or stuckness seeping out from the office because I'm thinking of three different people who were seated at their desk. And they, yeah, they just felt rote. Mm. Every 
Ingfeld wrote, uh, and I do remember intervening after speaking with the CEO. I said, is this my imagination? Mm-hmm. Or because uh, I know they, some of the people just thought, oh, please, OD, don't knock on my door. Partly because OD wakes people up. Yes. And, and so there was a kind of a coasting toward retirement, I would say. Or they were waiting for the other foot to drop, but no initiative on their part. You know, if I get let go, okay. If I retire, okay. But right now I'm just stuck it's at my desk. And if pushed, and I went in and pushed. Yeah. To say, are you bored while being in a very demanding role? Because that's tough. And I've been mm. there once or twice where the circumstances were incredibly demanding. And I don't know if it was burnout or boredom or just readiness for change. But I went in very gently. And yeah. in talking about it, I'm being harsher than I certainly was. And I just knocked on the door and went in and said, I have a thought. And, you know, are you ready for more? Are you ready for less? Are you ready to? Um, and I would say that took about three months of casual conversations. I didn't say, let's set up time to talk about the fact that you're burned out. Mm -mm. Yeah. How about... Yeah. So how did that go? I mean, how, I don't need to know how it was resolved, but how, how was it to be in that conversation? I think I had some credibility. Yeah. And I think in most cases, I'm trying to think if this is true, I worked closely with every CEO. So yeah. there is always his presence in the room as well. Um, and my goal was to find a satisfactory resolution, not to terminate employment, not to. Mm. It was just like, am I reading this right? And in several cases, um, I'm trying to be specific without telling tales. A new idea did develop, and the leader re-engaged. Yeah. And another, um, I supported the person saying, "I want to retire." Yeah. With another, I said, "Something's really not working." And with mm -hmm. one person, I remember, I had to say, "I don't." Something's got to really change because everybody's noticing that you're drifting. Mm -hmm. And I did that in many companies, so I'm I'm not thinking too specifically. Yeah, but so there. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I so it what what I think uh, is that that you know so often we're able to measure things like you look at financial results and you get the financial health of a company. I don't know what to call it, but there's a kind of a, a vitality uh, dimension or staying fresh or, you know, kind of a, so I don't know what the word would be, but, you know, is there a way to, to put some concreteness to this 
what what I think is arguably a pretty common phenomena of every leader. Well, I think there's an arc. Yeah. Work. Ah. And I know that I was lucky enough to have a three-year arc, meaning at the end of three years, something changed. Either I was promoted or a new idea was developed, you know. So um, I think there, I, there's nothing worse than high demand and boredom. Yeah. And I saw quite a few uh, top leaders, executive team leaders, that were either paralyzed through boredom or paralyzed through a challenge that they were just sick of facing. However, I was just talking to a large company and uh, it's going through restructure. And I was remembering restructuring that I had done. There is a moment when you can feel um, the company needs to shift, do shape shifting, shift yep. its structure, shift its leadership, that it's wanting to grow in different ways. It's almost like um, I was going to say yeast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, um, and and you everybody can smell it. Yeah, yeah. And and in it and this kind of frozenness. Sometimes it's boredom. Sometimes it's loss of of edge. Sometimes it's just fear, frozen of saying what's going to happen in this company next. Something's yeah. going on. Am I going to be fired? Is there going to be an acquisition? Everybody can smell things like that, at the, especially at the top level. So I think you've hit um, an important phenomenon. Yeah. And in how to approach it, I want to, I, I, I advocated that I entered gently. Yeah. So uh, suggested, I was, I'm going to just make it, so there was a point at which hooking up the leader with the CEO happened. Mm -hmm. where I facilitated that conversation or suggested that the burned out leader knock on the door of the CEO. And, you know, so here's the suggestion that I have. Um, and I, I love your example of the arc that literally you can see someone learning, growing, they're engaged, and then starts to level out. And instead of them either being stuck or starting to lose their edge, there's an intervention that becomes an inflection point where the arc goes up again, re-engage, reset. Beautifully said. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, we, we talk about someone, their first six months, their first three months, what to do. I don't know whether anyone's ever put word to the arc of, of anyone's effectiveness over time or engagement over time, that, that it's a normal process to have this happen and then how do you treat it? How do you recognize it? And yeah. then how do you not treat it, but you know how not treat it meaning meaning too one way <clears throat> is to make sure the CEO is cognizant of that pattern. Yeah. It's a normal pattern and is an OD person if you do the talent development to sit down and say, where are your people in terms of this arc of productivity and sharpness and where's there's a shift and where they need to be refreshed. And yeah. the, one of the best ways to refresh is to swap roles. Oh boy, no doubt. Uh, I'll tell oh you. Oh my God, they get so scared and excited and nervous and it's, um, 
it's big. Well, I think arguably, uh, and I know we use Hannaford as an example often, I I don't know, I think it was intentional, the whole notion of having people have different experiences in other areas of the company, and that happened on a regular cycle, and you get in, and you struggle, and can't figure it out, and then you figure it out, and you get good at it, and then, oh, by the way, we'd like you to move here. I, I, I think normalizing that cycle, and then creating a conversation and I think about the moon is either waxing or waning. Mm-hmm. So, so who's waxing? Coming up, getting bigger? <laughs> That's the wrong question. <laughs> and who's waning? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and there's no judgment. I mean, that, the right. Team, right. This is your. This is the life cycle of contribution. And and when you reach expert, like uh, I, I have a. My daughter, Megan, is brilliant at what she does, and she's reached that point. She goes, Mom, I just don't feel that. She's become, you reach a point where you give at a high, high level. You don't know you're giving at that high, high level, and you're not afraid anymore. You're still contributing, but she's missing the adrenaline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to come up with one more crazy uh, metaphor. It's a sports metaphor that I think could be really applicable here in this conversation. Uh, The hockey season is coming to an end, and it's amazing how teams that want to compete for the Stanley Cup will bring in a former superstar. Mm -hmm. So this is someone that has had great years, uh, has been a leader, and then all of a sudden they're getting older. They're getting older in their mid-30s. And so they come into a new role and they play it very differently. They're no longer expected to be the superstar. They're expected to be the strong voice in the locker room. They're expected to be the person who comes out and energizes uh, a shift. So it's it's the idea of, uh, and it's not a perfect metaphor, but it's the idea, how do I rebrand? How do I rethink uh, how I play in this space? Or what do I do different? And... We need to come back and revisit this topic because performance management is being brutalized on one hand and trying trying to have it change. I'm working with a company where they don't like the heaviness of it, the authoritarianness of it. So what I've called touch bases, they have to guarantee six or no, four to six touch bases with everybody on their team and a touch base is means no corrective measure, no possibility of firing or promotion. It is a, Hey, let's, let's have a touch base. And when at that high level that we're talking about where some corrective action is needed, sometimes um, a CEO isn't great with those touch base conversations. Yeah where it can come out naturally and they can think about together what the hell to do and also agree that, yeah, I'm ready for a change. So I have to come back that the wording, the scheduling or whatever of quote performance management has to happen. There has to be connection before things suck. So, that is a great name of my book. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be a connection before things suck people. 
Well, you know, I think if if I look at our listenership, we get a spike because um, we talked about performance management uh, yeah. a, a couple of times. And so I, I think in the context of this conversation, to mm-hmm. have a conversation about how do you engage uh, in a systematic, regular way uh, that keeps the vitality high and keeps the feedback loop, um, you know, open and productive. So, yeah, I'm game. I don't know if we've landed the plane, but I think we're close to time. Anything you want to say before we take off? Well, I had no, I mean, yes, always, but there's what came into my head was a factor of fear. Mm. The reason everybody sits too long is fear of survival, meaning yeah. my income and my life. And how do you, how do you, realize that's such a big factor that it can kill truthfulness that's huge uh, i mean it, it just is. that i say adios well I, that i that leaves me with a big pit in the bottom <clears throat> of my stomach because that's a that is a juicy dilemma uh, and it underlies every conversation in organizations yeah yeah uh, where there's hierarchy so I will close by saying that this happens in OD too. Uh, <laughs> and and so as you leave our conversation today, be thinking about yourself, be thinking about others in your organization. Are they waning or waxing? No judgment. It just is a phenomena uh, uh, that's worthy of a conversation. I'm not going to say a word. I think that's perfect. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, I thought after our conversation today that we should probably do an episode on being in the zone and being at your total best in high performance. So uh, hopefully that'll be a topic that's coming up. But I think this topic is so important because what we described is such a normal process in the arc of someone's role in a job or in their careers. And so how do you literally catch yourself when the conditions are there that you're wobbling and somehow create the circumstance, the mindset, um, changing jobs as Joyce suggested, uh, that ultimately puts you back on that uh, upward trajectory. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you left with some good ideas about looking across your organization or yourself. And uh, yeah, until next time, Be well and be safe.